You're listening to the Future Tech Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech and Future Tech Health podcast. I have Zach Abbott. He's the founder and CEO of a company called Z Biotics. The website is also Z Biotics, the letter Z, B-I-O-T-I-C-S. So Zach, thanks for coming. How are you doing? Excellent. Thank you, Richard, for having me. Excited to chat with you about this. Okay, tell me, what's the premise of Z Biotics? In essence, Z Biotics is a probiotic that we have genetically engineered to express uh, an enzyme uh, similar to one your liver uses to help deal with some of the toxic byproducts of alcohol that make you feel terrible the day after drinking. Uh, so the idea is you drink our engineered probiotic and uh, before you start drinking alcohol and then uh, you go about your night and hopefully, you know, drink responsibly. And then uh, the next day you wake up and you feel better than you would have felt without Z-Biotics. So when you say it's an engineered probiotic, is it a bacteria that you've engineered for it to produce a certain molecule or what's what's the engineering mean precisely precisely yeah so the probiotic is is a live bacteria um the bacteria species is called uh, bacillus subtilis and uh it's a very common microbe that humans ingest likely every day um if they if they eat uh fresh fruits and vegetables it's ubiquitous uh in the environment or nearly ubiquitous in the environment and so what we've done is taken this natural safe bacteria that you likely eat every day and then we've um engineered it so that it has one extra gene, and uh, and that gene uh, encodes for an enzyme um, similar to one your liver uses to break down acetaldehyde. Um, and so acetaldehyde is a toxic metabolic byproduct of alcohol um, that is responsible for some of kind of the worst uh, next day misery after drinking. Um, and so your liver is very good at breaking down acetaldehyde. That being said, actually most of the acetaldehyde uh, that forms in your body, forms in your gut by your microbiome's metabolism of a small amount of the alcohol that you drink. Um, and so that acetaldehyde tends to accumulate in the gut. And so your liver doesn't really have access to it um, directly. It has to be absorbed into your bloodstream before your liver can break it down. So we thought we would just bring that functionality of your liver into your gut using a probiotic bacteria to break it down at the source. So this bacteria um, it uses that as a, an input, a food source, the acetaldehyde, and then it metabolizes it? Essentially, yeah. So the enzyme we've, in, we've put into the bacteria um, breaks the acetaldehyde or oxidizes the acetaldehyde into acetate, which is essentially vinegar. It's a short chain fatty acid, which is a metabolic precursor for a lot of other molecules and, and metabolic processes in the bacteria. So it's very likely that the bacteria will, will use that acetaldehyde. But truthfully, whether it uses it or not, that acetate is um, innocuous um, to people. And so whether it spits it out or continues to use it um, is sort of, um, you know, 
at that point, you know, Zbotics is, is less interested in what happens to it after that. Yeah. Well, how did you even identify this pathway and this mechanism? So it's well known. Um, the uh, we know. So we basically mimicked what the liver does um, already to metabolize alcohol. So when you drink alcohol, most of that ethanol is absorbed into your bloodstream, and it has the effects that it has. And then uh, it filters through uh, from your blood uh, through your liver, uh, and your liver breaks down that that ethanol in two stages: from ethanol or alcohol into acetaldehyde using one enzyme, and then it uses a second enzyme to go from acetaldehyde to acetate. Um, and so you know, that happens pretty efficiently um, in, in the liver, but we, it is well documented in the literature that um, the alcohol, a small amount of the alcohol is not directly absorbed into the bloodstream, but processed directly by the microbiome and uh, by your microbiome, which are the live bacteria that live in your gut. And they are more concerned about the alcohol. And so what they do is they, they express uh, an enzyme similar to the first step of the liver for, to get alcohol to acetaldehyde, but they don't as efficiently expressed the second enzyme. So we really are just completing the reaction or the pathway that already is, is well established in your liver. So the liver will break it down all the way. That's just an intermediate step is the acetaldehyde for the Precisely. liver, right? It's done. Right. Exactly. And so we're just sort of com- helping your body complete that reaction um, in the gut where it's less efficient. Huh. Yeah, it's, well, I know maybe it's off topic, but if you eat before you drink versus not eating, not eating would mean I would think that the uh, the alcohol would pass into your bloodstream much faster. Yes. But then again, you'd have less acetaldehyde because the liver is taking the brunt, but also, you know, fully metabolizing it versus if you had food in your stomach, probably less alcohol gets into your bloodstream or gets there slower. And then you end up with more acetaldehyde because the gut's relying on breaking it down. You know, you know, I, there's not, uh, is to my knowledge, there's not any literature saying one way or the other. I mean, you're, you're absolutely correct that, uh, you know, drinking on an empty stomach means the alcohol is absorbed more quickly. Um, and so if you have food, you know, the alcohol will uh, stay in your stomach and in your gut longer. Um, but you could also argue that um, uh, the alcohol, drinking alcohol on an empty stomach would hit your, would hit your microbiome more quickly as well. In addition to the food preventing uptake, it would also, um, also, you know, potentially mask the alcohol from your microbiome as well. So the rates on both might be slower. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure what would happen, honestly, between those two. I don't think it'd be well, just, acetaldehyde uh, uh, levels in the gut with and without food. Um, so that's a really interesting question uh, scientifically. Yeah, well, for your customers, I mean, if you're able to get data of, hey, did you uh, did you eat before you drank? Right. And, you know, what was the effect of the Z-biotics versus people that drank on an empty stomach? Maybe it'll show you something interesting. If yeah, see so we today, I mean, it's, it's difficult because of just the inherent variability and sort of people's experiences generally with drinking. Uh, yeah. But we did, did survey um, some beta, you know, several beta testers on, on several topics um, before we launched the product. And we didn't see a difference um, in terms of people's experiences broadly writ, uh, whether or not they ate food. Um, so, uh, you know, on, at least on the surface, it doesn't look like you know, it, it makes much of an appreciable difference in terms of acetaldehyde and the experience um, related to that. But um, we do always recommend that people don't drink on an empty stomach, just generally as a good responsible practice. What about, um, I mean, their perception of how intoxicated they are? Do they feel when they take your product, do they feel less intoxicated? Like, do you drink more? Have, have they tried like uh, uncontrolled, controlled drinking studies? 
Um, yeah, yeah, that's a funny way to put it on control. control. We've uh, we've done some of those for certain. Um, uh, they uh, the the general feedback. It, the product is not designed at all to affect your level of intoxication. Um, it doesn't right. affect alcohol metabolism at all, right? That first step from alcohol to acetaldehyde is the one that's critical for intoxication, and we don't affect that at all. Um, and so it's not designed to affect intoxication, and and you know. Uh, we have not received feedback uh, saying that, you know, that is an unanticipated side effect or anything like that. So, um, so you'd far, have to be careful if it did. Yeah, that's, that's right. You know, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you know, and the last thing, you know, the product is not designed to be a get out of jail free card or uh, a right. way for people to kind of do whatever, you know, to not to drink without recourse uh, or with, irresponsibly, I should say. Uh, yeah. And so, you know, we, we're very upfront about the fact that alcohol itself has all kinds of effects and not to mention that, you know, dangerous levels of intoxication. And so we always advocate that really Zerotics is about dealing with the acetaldehyde um, as, as one part of sort of a responsible drinking behavior, uh, behaviors that you should already be doing. Um, and, and this is not really a way for you to kind of, you know, uh, be irresponsible. It's not really like a ticket. Right. To, to, yeah. So, so we hope that like, people are hydrating and we really advise people that the product works best genuinely um, if people are hydrating and not drinking on empty stomach and getting plenty of sleep and all those other things. What's, um, so what, what do people experience when they've had the Z-Biotics the next day versus what they experience without it? Yeah. So, I mean, my experience has been, so the product is like, say specifically designed to help your body deal with the acetaldehyde. And so acetaldehyde is part of kind of the symphony of uh, symptoms and, 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 uh, issues that people tend to deal with the day after drinking. Um, and you know, my experience has been that so, so alcohol itself, uh, not acetaldehyde, um, affects the chemistry of your brain, um, in ways that, that affect the quality of your sleep. Um, and typically it really prevents your brain from getting to the deepest levels of sleep throughout the night. Um, so even if you get eight hours of sleep, um, you may feel groggy and unrested. And, and since this is an alcohol related, um, experience, uh, Z-Biotics is not designed to help with that. And indeed that's, that's been my experience is that if, if I, you know, have been drinking, um, and I take Z-Biotics, I wake up and I'll feel pretty good, um, in most respects, but I might still feel, feel groggy and not well rested. And so, um, I'll, you know, I'll have to have a, uh, and I might have like a mild headache due to the fact that I didn't sleep well and, um, maybe a, a slight bit of dehydration, but, um, those things are usually pretty easily solved with, a good breakfast and maybe some coffee. And then I'm usually a hundred percent by mid morning. Um, and, you know, and, and people's sort of anecdotal reports uh, along the same have been very similar to that, that, um, that, that that's kind of the consistent report that people have. So it blunts the effects of a hangover is what it seems to do. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, it, it's really meant to, like I say, help your body deal with acetaldehyde. And, and I think that people have, I've been having an improved experience the next day um, because of it. Well, all right. And you also said to have it before you go drinking. What about if you have it as well when you go drinking and then, you know, before you go to bed, is it any yeah. better or same? Uh, it's, so the product is, you know, designed for a single, uh, you know, one single bottle should be more than enough uh, bacteria to deal with the acid aldehyde that you may encounter throughout the night. And the, one of the reasons why we used a live bacteria is that it's sort of, you know, it has a longer time course than say a small molecule, right? The bacteria are alive in your gut. And as they pass through your gut, which for, for, for this bacteria typically takes at least 18 hours uh, for it to pass through your gut, that entire time it's making enzyme. 
Um, and so that enzyme is continually being manufactured as it, as it passes through your gut. So one bottle should cover you with more than enough enzyme uh, for an entire night. Um, and so we recommend you taking it before you start drinking because then the bacteria has time to establish itself in your gut and start making that enzyme to deal with the acetaldehyde as it forms while you drink um, and while you sleep. When that, um, have you identified the specific enzyme it uses to metabolize the acetaldehyde? Yeah, I mean, we we specifically encoded that enzyme into the, okay. into the Yeah, so that it's an acetaldehyde, it's called acetaldehyde dehydrogenase. Um, and so that really just means it's an enzyme that takes acetaldehyde and oxidizes it to acetate. Um, it's a very simple biochemical reaction. This enzyme in some form is encoded in 70% of all life on the planet. It's a very common enzyme. Um, it's just acetaldehyde is not a very common molecule uh, in high quantities. So most life on the planet uh, only expresses this enzyme very sparingly. And so what we did was we just engineered uh, this bacteria to express this enzyme very robustly and constitutively. So all the time that it's in your gut, it's making this enzyme in high, in high amounts. So why not also, uh, you know, have the bacteria and produce a bunch of the enzyme and make a Z-biotic beer and sell that. If you have enzyme in with the beer, yeah, you have I mean, at the same time, that would be really cool. Theoretically, we, we definitely could do that. Uh, I liked the idea that you could just, you, you know, then you'd have, the, unfortunately, I felt like in that scenario, you'd have to have that beer if you didn't want to, you know, if you wanted the acetaldehyde dehydrogenase uh, boost. Um, so I like the idea yeah, that you could terrible. Just, People would have to buy your beer and you'd sell it. Yeah. In order to have a better time, that'd be horrible. It might be. Yeah, better. right, right. Well, you know, I, I'd rather people be able to have my beverage and then drink whatever they want it, uh, you know, all night. So, or not, well, I should, that did, that they came out. I mean, any type of beverage they wanted all night, not uh, obviously, as they say, you can't, you know, you still have to drink responsibly, but I mean, you could have a beer or wine or a mixed drink or whatever you'd like. Um, and, you know, if you just take our, our drink before you start. Well, why not also maybe license this to vodka makers and other, you know, spirits makers, and then they can have a new version of their product that has this in it. And I think it's a great idea. Also... You know, it's definitely something that we're interested in potentially doing uh, once we, you know, establish a, a foothold and, and get some, generate some, you know, some, some interest. Uh, we've had a few conversations with some, some um, alcohol brands and uh, they are interested, but they, you know, they want to see that, that people like it uh, before, before they kind of go further down the line with that, you know? Well, maybe at first you could partner with a bar, you know, and all their beers, they would add it to it with people's prescription, you know, uh, with people's um, permission. And that might be a good test case, you know? Uh, as it's currently designed, you wouldn't want to put it into a drink. Um, we could engineer it differently, but right now, the reason it works, the reason you can take this live bacteria and it doesn't die um, in your stomach acid, which is not true for, for many probiotics, but for this one, um, so one of the reasons we chose Bacillus subtilis is that it's in a dormant form called a spore, and that spore makes it highly resilient. Um, and so uh, as long as it's in that dormant state, it's very stable. Um, it can tolerate, you know, wide fluctuations in temperature, um, fluctuations in temperature, it can um, pass your stomach acid unharmed. Uh, and then when it gets into your gut, it wakes up. Um, if you were to put it into a beer, the sugars and the alcohol in the beer would probably wake the bacteria up prematurely, and then it it might be more likely to die in your stomach. Um, so, for that reason, as we currently have it, 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 it it's currently designed and engineered. Um, it works best on its own. Um, we do think that it would be fun, um, and we definitely are trying out uh, placements in bars as sort of like a kind of like your first shot of the night, or like sort of like you know 
uh, a way to, to, to prep your body um, for, for, uh, for, for the alcohol you might be having uh, later that evening. And so that, that's the idea, sort of like kind of like a round of shots before you start drinking uh, a round of Z-Biotics. Well, I challenge you to uh, come up with a way to make Z-Bud Light partner <laughs> with them and make billions on your idea. So I think that would be happen. awesome. We would definitely be cool with, uh, with that happening. So are there other parts of the, um, of the hangover experience that you also want to target? And do you know what they are or is just this is enough? Um, so specifically for, for, you know, kind of people's issues with drinking, you know, the point of the, so the broader vision for Z-Biotics is, is really that we can take probiotics and engineer them to do things that are valuable to people in their sort of everyday lives. Um, and so right now, probiotics are just the bacteria that, you know, we find in nature and we give them to people and we say like, well, we know they're safe. So then for some reason they must also, they might also be beneficial. And so I equate this to kind of like pulling like a hunk of iron ore out of the ground and giving it to somebody and say, here, use this as a hammer or a screwdriver or a saw. And, uh, you know, it's not refined. It hasn't been really made to have any specific purpose, but we kind of, the probiotics industry kind of claims that it does have all these, you know, benefits. And so we think that we can do better than that, that we can really make sort of like a probiotics 2.0, where we take probiotics and then we specifically engineer or design them to have a very reliable function uh, that's predictable. Um, so in this case, it is expressing an enzyme that breaks down acetaldehyde, but we could refine it to do all kinds of things um, for you. And so I think our, our goal is really that this product be a proof of concept that this this uh, this designed probiotic this uh, it, that's refined for a specific purpose that strategy is a good one and people can perceive the benefit very viscerally for themselves they can try this product for themselves they don't have to you know go on our website and look at our data although it's all there they can just try the product and if they feel better the be the next day then they've had a positive experience um, with the technology and and uh, and that's sort of like a proof of concept but we want to build more probiotics that are engineered to do all kinds of stuff. What, what happens right now to the acid aldehyde that gets formed in you know, my gut if I drink? I mean, what, what breaks it down or does it just yeah. get passed out in the urine? Or? Yeah, basically the acid aldehyde that is formed in your gut right now gets absorbed into your bloodstream um, and uh, essentially wreaks havoc throughout your body before eventually getting processed into acetate. Um, by your liver, uh, the same way the alcohol that's a pro the, the alcohol that's processed in your liver is is, is broken down. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so, what's the ideal time to have this before you drink? How many hours? So, you know, there's a lot of variability from person to person. We generally say, for simplicity's sake, uh, just drink it. You know, before your first drink of the night. Um, and the, you know, uh, I, for instance, I typically take uh, my Zbiotic, my Zbiotics. Um, right with my first drink of the night. Um, and, and that is, has been very effective for me. Um, but I've also taken it several hours before drinking or maybe after my, you know, after I've already had a couple of drinks and, and I've seen, you know, benefit in, in all those cases. Um, you have a lot of flexibility in the timeline because of, as I say, the, the bacteria's persistence in your gut throughout the night. Um, but yeah, we typically say just, you know, right before you start drinking is usually good. Have you tested it? A lot earlier or later? Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I've taken it in different conditions. I've taken it in the morning um, before going out that evening um, and uh, uh, tried it. The only time I really see that there's a, a sort of a, a deleterious effect or not uh, an effect, uh, I see reduced sort of effects um, is if I take it at the end of the night, like right before I go to bed. So I think at that point, 
you've already kind of accumulated quite a bit of acetaldehyde that's already gotten into your bloodstream and has already caused some damage. So um, at some point, it, it might become too late uh, for it to have as much of a benefit. Any other factors that modulates effectiveness? Like what happens if you take two of the bottles or three of the bottles? Do you just like, you know, your bowels empty themselves quick or whatever? It shouldn't, uh, more should not uh, have an effect one way or the other. Um, as I say, one bottle should be more than enough. If you had two, uh, it certainly wouldn't be worse uh, or, you know, uh, probably wouldn't be better either, um, but you could. Um, the only other thing that might affect the efficacy, as I say, is is, is temperature. Um, so the bacteria are in a dormant form, um, and it's sometimes. And so we recommend that people don't store the bottles at uh, in the refrigerator because when it, the the spores get uh, go to a colder temperature, sometimes they can go into a super dormant state, and they may not wake up as efficiently uh, in your gut if they if they're if they've been cold. So we recommend that people try to keep them at room temperature. Um, you know, temporary fluctuations, like, you know, we've shipped them, obviously they might get cold in the airplane and things like that, that those don't seem to, to matter, but just long-term storage in a refrigerator may have uh, reduced efficacy. Okay. Got it. So how long has the product been out and um, how much customer feedback have you gotten on it? You know, I, I first made the prototype uh, about, I guess it's been uh, two and a half years ago now. Um, and so, you know, for the so background, uh, you know, I'm the CEO of Zbiotics, and uh, I have a PhD in microbiology. And when I started this company three and a half years ago, I just started it uh, by myself and, and was just working in the lab to build a prototype. Um, and once I had that in hand, uh, you know, I obviously I tested it on myself uh, and then I tested it on myself several more times and then uh, expanded out and had, had friends uh, try it. And, um, and then, you know, as the, as the company grew, as we, we, it, we took, Two more years after we made the product um, to to carefully test it and um, and bring it to market. Um, and so we've just launched it uh, about two months ago. We launched in mid-August. Um, and so before we launched, we had something on the order of about 10,000 beta testers try the product and, and feedback was almost unanimously positive um, hmm. at that time. Since we've been on the market um, these last two months, we've also had similarly almost unanimously positive feedback. Um, people, we have a, you know, a high reorder rate and, and people seem to really like the product. We've gotten a lot of really positive inbound uh, feedback from people. And typically when people come back and buy again, they usually buy, um, twice as much as, uh, as the first, as their first purchase. Uh, so that's always a really good indicator that people really like it as well. Have you tried, um, you know, sequencing the microbiome of some of the people that have taken it, you know, like a fecal sample to see if that bacteria shows up at the yeah. end point? That's that's a uh, that's a study that we want to that we definitely want to do. Uh, it's in it's in the works right now. We're designing that uh, trial as we speak. Um, the good news is that the bacteria we use, B. subtilis, has a ton of of human data. It's it's a long history of safe use in humans. So, uh, as an example, there's a fermented soybean food in Japan uh, called natto, um, and the bacteria that ferments that soybean is uh, a strain of B. subtilis. And so um, there's a really long history of people using the bacteria, and there's a lot of microbiome data um, in, in humans and animals around how long the bacteria persist, how well uh, they safely traverse the gut. And so um, the strain that we started with, the parent strain that we have only engineered to express one extra enzyme, um, has a lot of demonstrated uh, su uh, survival uh, with minimal impact on the microbiome. So that's one of the reasons why I liked uh, using B. subtilis. Um, your microbiome is a very complex kind of community of bacteria. Right. And uh, 
I really wanted to use a bacteria that would not uh, was not designed to somehow alter that or or interfere or seed or take up residence in the gut because a it's very hard to establish any sort of consistent effect given the wide variability in people's microbiomes um, and so and B you don't necessarily want to disrupt a healthy microbiome um, and so I wanted a bacteria that was known to safely pass through your gut um, but not seed it um, or have a significant impact on the microbiome structure and so B subtilis is one of those bacteria that does that uh, very well. And so we know that um, it typically passes through the gut, like I say, in about a day um, and has minimal impact. Um, we haven't specifically tested um, if our edits have made, have affected that in any way, but um, it is extremely unlikely that, that that would be the case, given the wide variability of B cellless strains and, and all having very similar effects on the microbiome. Yeah. And you're only giving it in the presence of, you know, uh, high levels of acid aldehyde. So it's there when it's needed. And then yeah. it goes back to normal ideally. So. Exactly. Uh, you pass it out in a day and, you know, the acetaldehyde from your drinking event is probably gone as well. And so, um, you know, it's only there when you need it. Have you seen any literature that looks at the microbiome of, uh, you know, heavy drinkers and how it changes over time? Yeah, there, there's there's actually quite a, quite a bit of, of literature generally on sort of alcohol's effects. And of course, um, there's there's some, some nice papers on their effects on the microbiome, um, which it definitely... I mean, if you're ingesting anything in high in high quantities, um, irregular, you know, that's not normal, um, you're definitely going to have a huge effect. And and so there are drastic effects on the microbiome that happen uh, with high alcohol use. Um, and and that's you know, and and that's sort of separate from from this. Um, we you know, this isn't really meant for people who drink every day uh, in high quantities. Um, you know, as a way to, it, it's more meant for people who are having a special occasion like a wedding or a bachelor party or a weekend out with friends or something like that. Um, in this yeah, no, I understand that. The reason yeah. I ask is that you could learn something from people that are persistent drinkers. If you see how their microbiome changes and what species tend to become prevalent, then it makes you wonder during a drinking event, is there a short-term increase in those particular species? And what else can you do to mitigate the effects of drinking? Right. That? Right. Yeah. I think, you know, that's interesting. Uh, as I say, I mean, Microbiome dynamics are so diverse um, that, you know, I think people often, the state of this is sort of, you know, one of the, my issues with the state of the microbiome field is that there's, there's a, an effort to sort of find the silver bullets for these different things. Um, and I think that truthfully, uh, you know, it's very in, individualistic. And so I would be hesitant to, to, to think about that. But your point is well taken, though, that that shifts could just give us insight um, into, into, into what the microbiome is doing to help people who drink a lot. And then we can leverage that um, for, for people who have more normal drinking habits. That's an interesting idea for sure. Well, I mean, your idea can spill over to many different areas. I know you can't do everything, but right. you know, if someone ingests something, not alcohol, but something that's poisonous, you know, maybe with your mechanism, there's a way to, to apply that to something that people eat unintentionally, like whatever it is and counteract that, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I definitely, I mean, that, that is the goal of Zbiotics. Exactly. That is that we can engineer microbes to protect you from all kinds of stuff. Um, so heavy metals, uh, drinking water and, and fish, um, you know, uh, things like lactose, um, uh, you know, all, all kinds of things that you ingest that either have a deleterious health, uh, consequence or just, uh, discomfort. Like, so for people who kind of ingest too much lactose and sort of have gastrointestinal discomfort from that. 
Um, you can certainly express a, have a bacteria that helps, helps you deal with that. Um, but you know, we can go deeper. Um, and there's all kinds of things. And, and that's exactly what we want to do is, is really provide, bring new functionalities to your gut or enhance the ones that already exist um, to better protect your body. So is that the long-term goal of Zbiotics is, is find these other, uh, these other effects that people have from various foods and, and bring them back to health or mitigate them? Yeah. Uh, right now, you know, we, we have two scientists working full-time on our pipeline. We have four uh, other engineer probiotics uh, that are uh, in development or in beta um, that, that deal with other, other kind of, you know, issues uh, that, that you, or issues or toxins or, or byproducts that you might have to deal with. Um, and so bringing additional functionality to either help protect you from those things or uh, potentially help you acquire or absorb nutrients more efficiently. Um, so one or the other. So um, that's, that is really the goal is to make, you know, I say better probiotics. And what's the near term future specifically of this, uh, this hangover helper? Or whatever you want to call it. What's, what's your name for it, by the way? Uh, I mean, it's just it's called Zbiotics, and we say that uh, you know you drink you drink it before drinking, and it helps with some of the next day effects of drinking. You know, the near term goal for Zbiotics is really to uh, in, increase awareness. It's the world's first ever genetically engineered probiotic of any kind. Um, when we launched it two months ago, that had never been done before, um, and so we want to show people um, how this technology can benefit their lives. And we want, we want people to discover it and we want to figure out, um, you know, who likes it and who's using it and what's the best way to reach them. And so that's our goal for the next six months is just to get the word out there, get the product out there and find the people who love it. Okay. Well, excellent. So what's the best way for people to get it? Where is it sold right now? Right now it's sold on our website, uh, zbiotics.com. And uh, that, that's pretty much the best way where you can learn all about the technology um, very transparent around, you know, what we've done and, um, how we did it and why we think it's beneficial. And, and, and that's also where you can, you can buy the product as well. And so, um, that's where we definitely want everybody to go. That's great. Well, Zach, thanks for coming. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is a lot of fun, Richard. I really, I really appreciate your time. You're listening to the future tech podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies such as artificial intelligence, stem cells, 3D printing, gene editing, Bitcoin, blockchain, the microbiome, quantum computing, virtual reality, and exploring space are much closer than you might think. In fact, many early versions of these technologies are in play right now, and the companies that are using these technologies are the focus of this podcast. My goal for you, the listener, is to learn from these podcasts. You may very well learn something that may change the course of your life for the better, steer you towards a new career, or give you insight into addressing a thorny medical problem. Remember, this podcast and its content is informational in nature only. No medical, tax, legal, financial, or psychological advice is being given. If you enjoyed the podcast, please listen, subscribe, like, and tell your friends about it. Thank you. Thank you.